0: To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses, and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with, with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a met marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Nancy Monson of LeadershipAlignmentCG.com. Nancy first founded Nancy Monson Coaching, now Leadership Alignment Consulting Group, in 2003 to offer customized leadership and organizational development services that support leaders in achieving their highest potential and effectively leading their organizations. Nancy holds an MBA in organizational behavior from UC Berkeley, an MA in the science of creative intelligence from Maharashi University, and a BS in applied mathematics from Kelly Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Beth. I'm happy to be here.
0: We are happy to have you here. Let's go back in time a little bit. I know you weren't always the organizational development and change guru. Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in a little old gold mining town in the Sierra foothills of California, Northern California, very tiny town. And of course, as soon as I graduated from high school, I bolted and basically, um, you know, started on my journey from there, uh, ending up at Cal Poly and then spending almost 30 years in the Bay Area doing a lot of the work that you just described.
0: And uh, how did you get started?
1: Well, it's, you know, my past some people just know i have a good friend and she knew she wanted to be a mathematician and every single step of the way was pretty defined for me i've wandered around a bit i've had several different careers um uh, after getting my my mba well after my bachelor's i ended up being a computer science programmer for lawrence livermore national lab got bored with that and moved over to do human resource work which is where i started my journey with leadership development. I was working in the management development department and that's when I got excited about going to grad school and got into Berkeley um, and really oriented my MBA on organizational behavior. Before I even finished that program, um, a colleague of mine had been hired by Accenture and she says, we really need your skills. We're looking for people like you. Would you be willing to make a move? And sure enough, I did, and I actually was offered a job before I even finished my MBA and started working as an organization change um, manager for Accenture. And then, you know, that sort of led to, okay, we need to really work with the highest level people that's what got me excited about doing executive coaching because really to affect organization change at any organization, regardless of its size, it really needs the championship of the, of the CEO, of the head person. And that was where I realized it was most effective for me to be working with the C-level people if, if leaders really wanted to affect true, sustainable change in an organization.
0: That is absolutely incredible. So what do you wish you knew when you started that you know now?
1: Hmm. Um, I think probably what I wish I would have known um, was how much the senior leaders really impact an organization's success. Um, There's a good friend of mine um, who is – I went to – Berkeley West. She has an MBA. We were together in school. She said, you know, the organization's culture is really the um, expression of the unresolved issues of the founder. And I really thought about that as I got into doing culture work. And it's true. That's
0: a writer downer. You you
1: you say? Yeah. (laughs) I've, I've used that to really try and help leaders see what they can't see in organizations. Because if it is the unresolved issues of the, of the key leader, particularly the founder, but even if a, a CEO has been there a long time, that their unresolved issues are going to come out in, in ways they can't see because they can't even see their unresolved issues. And that's where I wish I would have known that back then because then I would have started to work with leaders who really did want to address their mindset and their inner game so that they can actually create the cultures that are going to make their strategies successful.
0: What have been some of the most common mistakes you see organizations making when trying to, as you put it, deal with their unresolved issues?
1: They tend to do it from an outside-in approach. Um, um, I did executive coaching, sort of a standard process for years, and I got very frustrated because I didn't see a lot of change that um, leaders were able to sustain. And what I realized, because I also did you know, life coaching at the same time. I was both an executive coach and I'm also a life coach. And when I work with my life coaching clients, we do inner work. We do deep um, emotional change. We work with limiting mindsets. We do that kind of deep uh, trans- inner transformation that helps them have transformed lives. But what happens in organizations, A lot of leaders are not open for that. They want to just, okay, look, let's just tell me what behaviors I need to change. And unless you change the mindset, they can't sustain that change. No matter how hard they try, they're going to go back to the – because our thoughts drive our behaviors. So that's what what I think is the biggest challenge of leaders in organizations. If they don't um, do the inner work, you know, however they – choose to do it, you know, getting help, they need a coach or they need a a psychologist or someone who can work with them to help address those mindset limiting, the limiting mindsets, they're not going to be able to achieve the strategies that they desire.
0: Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. And how do you help them identify and dissolve or work on those issues?
1: Well, we start to first It's, you know, gather data, right, understand how people perceive the leader, you know, either through interviews or 360s or different types of assessment processes. We look at a broad spectrum of how to really assess how people perceive the leader, because most of the time I can't see my own limiting beliefs. I can't see my unresolved issues, but other people certainly glaringly can see them. So we gather information. Sometimes we even do a culture survey. You know, uh, my company has a proprietary culture survey instrument, and we use that to get that the unresolved issues or to get the the things that are holding a leader back into um, into view, into awareness. Then we can identify, okay, what are the key pieces that need to shift to really support what you're trying to accomplish, what, what strategy, strategic objectives, what mission, what vision that you want to accomplish as the key leader. And then we look at, okay, what are the key pieces that need to be shifted so that you have the mindset that matches what you want to achieve. And then we work on different tools and technologies to do the mindset shifting.
0: You've worked with so many incredible companies. What has been one of your most recent uh, case studies? You don't have to reveal the name of the company, obviously, but what did they come to you for and what were you able to help them with?
1: Um, good question, let me think for a second. Um, I would say the I have worked with a company for quite a few years and all of their senior leaders um, and also help them create a succession program that really builds a pool of talent that is a lot, leadership talent, that aligns with the, the culture they're trying to create. Because the leader is really the biggest lever to affecting culture. They reinforce behavior. They, um, you know, promote based on behaviors. They model the behaviors consciously and unconsciously, and people are observing them all the time. They really are in a fishbowl. So this company really wanted to um, shift. They had a big strategy shift, which meant they needed to look at how to realign their culture. Because if we have another saying, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And um, we can't claim that, but because uh, it was one of the professors at one of the business schools that said that, but it's absolutely true that if your culture does not support your strategy, you will not succeed. Um, The culture always trumps strategy. And culture is the responsibility of the leader. So we looked at, okay, what culture is going to be important to achieve this strategy? What are the leadership behaviors now? And then I worked with the executive team to help them, both individually and as a team, and even did some work with the board to help them come into more alignment and to support the CEO because the CEO reports to the board, help the CEO to be able to sustain the changes that they were making. And once we had the whole executive team aligned with the types of behaviors that are going to, and the mindset that was needed, then they could actually carry out the the changes that were going to help affect the culture and help them achieve the strategy.
0: That is incredible. You know, you've, had such an amazing journey. What's the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Ah, uh, wow, okay. That's a good one too. You got to ask great questions, Beth. Thank you. <laughs> um <laughs> Um I think the greatest advice um I had a fabulous uh professor in uh in my in my MBA program. She's uh incredible researcher, as well as as a consultant. So she really did blend, you know, there's the academic role of organization behavior, and then there's the practical role of organization development, which is how do you support in a practical sense. And there's always tension between the practitioners and the academics. And she really was able to, um, have a foot in both worlds. She was an incredible academic and a researcher, but she also worked as a consultant for many organizations that on, you know, as a, as an advisor for boards to help them. And the advice she gave me, I thought was some of the best advice that I ever received when I first started my career as a consultant. She says, you need to really prove right away that you can create results that you can help create change, that you can show value for the work you do. And that's really been a guiding principle for me in all of my client work that I've done, both when I've worked individually with leaders or, or when I've worked as more, you know, like as a coach, but more as a, even as a consultant. I try as best I can to find where can I create the most value? What is What are the issues that are you're really struggling with that I can best help you resolve? And that is really, I think that's what's helped me be successful both when I was at Accenture and then when I uh, stepped out on my own as an as an executive coach and consultant.
0: That is absolutely great advice. With all the success you've achieved and all the companies you've worked with, what's your biggest challenge now?
1: I think my biggest challenge now is... Um, it's related to what we talked about earlier. You know, a lot of leaders are really, um, at least the ones I've run across, and maybe I just haven't run across the right ones yet. I think the biggest challenge, and that may be what it is, is finding leaders, connecting with leaders who really are serious about getting out of the way whatever it is within them that's keeping them from having the results they want. Most leaders are not interested that I've run across, at least in corporations, they don't get the connection between the inner game and the mindset shifts that need to happen they, to achieve the goals that they really want to achieve. They they are so they seem to be, at least the ones that I've run into in the past, there's few that really want to make those changes. Most of them are like, just tell me what I need to do differently. And it's not about doing as much as it's about being. And I, I see a change. I see a shift in... Uh, leaders happening, I just think it's not happening fast enough. And that would probably be where I see myself as the biggest challenge is how do I connect with the leaders who really get that they are probably their biggest um, obstacle and that really want to shift their mindsets so that they can actually be aligned with the behaviors and the actions and the results that they want.
0: That is awesome. What, uh, what are some of your secrets for becoming so productive?
1: Um, productive in, well, in the sense of accomplishing goals or productive in the sense, can you say a little more about how you want, sure. how you view productivity.
0: Sure, how do you get so much done so well and what systems do you have in place that are del- that are helping you deliver that, such a high level of service and results to your clients?
1: Ah, uh, Good, thank you. Um, yeah, well, I have a team, a uh, uh, couple of, two or three people that really, and I have other consultants and we all work together and collaborate. You can see I have colleagues on my website Leadership Alignment Consulting Group, and we work together very effectively in the sense that we each bring uh, different skill sets, and it really complements. And then we've, you know, my my business manager, she has put in place the systems, online systems that allow us to be a very effective virtual team, uh, because we're spread out all over the state. Um, And that gives us the ability, you know, with this great technology and a lot of the systems that... um, you know, the automated system scheduling and, um, you know, some of the the, um, um, Google Docs and all of the different systems that we have for making sure that we stay in sync with each other, that we are clear on our objectives, and that we can respond to clients' needs quickly. Um, I think that's been helpful in our productivity and being able to be responsive and on top of what our clients really want and what... We can do to best serve
0: them. Absolutely. And you talked about different programs that you were using, like Google Docs and scheduling and stuff like that. Is Mm -hmm. there a, what else do you do? Um, What others, what are, let's go through those. What are your top five apps or software programs that manage everything for you?
1: Um, Well, we were, we used Basecamp for a while, and that seemed to not really work for us. So we switched over to. Google Docs, of course, you know, with spreadsheets and and being able to review um, documents as we needed to. Um, we use Dropbox, of course, all the time. And we can even actually add our clients in there, which makes it really easy to transfer documents back and forth to clients uh, without a problem there. Um, that's been super helpful. I, that's probably the one tool that we use the most is uh, Dropbox because of the ability for us to share files very quickly and very efficiently um, I use a scheduling software um, you can book dot me and that seems to work really well for the variety of different types of of uh, uh, coaching sessions that clients want I offer several different types of coaching sessions and they can just you know with that link they can go on and schedule their own sessions which helps keep our work on our side, um, you know, more efficient. Um, My uh, business manager and assistant, she can easily keep track of them and follow up with them. Um, We use right now, for now, we use MailChimp to send out our newsletters um, and we use Bluehost for our hosting. And so far those have all been really great. They work together very well. Um, We seem to be able to make them all communicate in ways that, you know, keep us, being able to connect with our clients, being able to communicate well, sending out newsletters, et cetera. Um, So those are the ones we're using at this point. Uh, Of course, as we grow, we probably will migrate to some ones that have a little more robust uh, features.
0: Okay. Well, fascinating interview, absolutely incredible story. Uh, This has been Seth Green with Nancy Monson of LeadershipAlignmentCG.com. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us.
1: You're welcome, Seth. Thank you so much for asking. I enjoyed
0: our time together. Uh, My pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world. And I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Mm-hmm. Just go to take the 500challenge.com. That's www.take the 500challenge.com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c Radio.com.